Welcome to episode 77 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. We are two games into the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are one and one. They had a pretty embarrassing opening night loss to the Montreal Canadiens, but they bounced back with the rock in the building and beat the Washington Capitals the very next night. So me and Lepore are going to go over the first couple of games, give you our thoughts and opinions on some of the positive things we've seen. Of course, the negative things we've seen. That's always more fun. And we are going to break it all down from every angle. You want to stay tuned until the very end. I promise you, before we get into all that, it is time to welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore. How you doing, man? Very well, Anthony Bruno. You seem very excited today. Maybe it's because we have some actual hockey to talk about, but little steam coming out of Bruno. I like it. Uh, episode 77 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast. Shout out goes to Adam Brooks, Brooksy, Love it. who got Leafs fans very excited when he put up a 43-goal, 130-point season with the Regina Pats. Bounced around with the Leafs and Marlies. Eventually, the Leafs put him on waivers. He was claimed by Montreal. Then Montreal put him on waivers. He was claimed by Vegas. Then Vegas put him on waivers. He was claimed by Toronto. Then Toronto put him him through waivers. And now I think he's in the Philadelphia Flyers organization playing in the AHL. So it hasn't worked out for Brooksy as, uh, as we'd hoped. But good luck to him wherever he is. I would like to add that Adam Brooks was known as Prairie Jesus when he played oh. for the Regina Pats. Okay, why He is was that? big in that part of the country. Prairie Jesus. He was a beast for the Pats. So shout out to Adam Brooks. I still think he's got some more in there. He's a young guy. Like We're, we're going to see this guy in the NHL kicking around for a little while longer, I think. You know what? I forgot about one of his teams. When the Leafs put him on waivers, he got claimed by the Jets and then walked in free agency and then got signed by uh, by uh, the Flyers. So, Brooksy's going to write a book one day about the last year he's had. Jeez, it's been an interesting road so far for Adam Brooks. My goodness. Mm-hmm. All right, Lapore, let's get right into the episode. We got to talk about these two games that we watch. And, of course, we're going to start with opening night in Montreal. The pregame ceremony took like three hours, but they finally dropped the puck just to go over a couple of notes from the game. Of course, Cole Caulfield, who has killed the Leafs in his career, scored two goals, both of them off the rush, of course. So he's now got seven goals in nine career regular season games against the Leafs. Josh Anderson, another Leafs killer, scored the game-winning goal on a beautiful pass by Jake Muzzin right onto the stick of Nick Suzuki. Slides it over to Anderson, and the Leafs lose. Matt Murray Laporte did not look great. He allowed four goals on 23 shots. The high danger scoring chances when Muzzin and Hall were on the ice, oh, no. seven to one in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. So those are kind of the main things I took away from that game. Laporte, give me your thoughts on honestly what was kind of a shit show on opening night. Yeah, it was a pretty gross game. Uh, the uh, the opening ceremony took forever. Uh, my old boss, he was a Bruins fan. And of course, as Bruins fans do, he hates the Canadians. And I remember him saying, those fucking guys have a ceremony every time a concession stand opens up. So it's never kind of left my brain. And I laugh every time they have a ceremony. But uh, the Leafs were bad, man. The Leafs were bad. 
And it was so Leafs in the way that everyone was just like pumping the Leafs tires. They had a great preseason. Was it Montreal went 0-6-2 in the preseason? How can Toronto lose? It was written in the stars, man. I think every real and true Leaf fan was nervous and kind of had that feeling going into this game. You touched on Muzzin and Hall. They were bad, man. They were bad. I, I am not kidding when I say this. And comment down below whether you're a Leafs fan or a fan of another team and there's a player you dislike. Is there a player in the National Hockey League who is worse with their stick on the puck than Justin Hall? <laughs> I'm genuine. I'm genuinely asking if someone can comment down below and talk about like a former Leaf player or a player who plays for the team. I'll listen Matthew and I'll make Berg? a point to watch that play. Berg was pretty bad. And yeah, well, well, let's just make the list of Leafs that are terrible with the puck. Hal Gill was pretty bad too. Your gay Lume. It, you get those every time he has the puck and it's always in the defensive zone. You get those nerves. Like you can tell like he's gripping that stick tight and he's just going to panic. And sure enough, even on that goal, that Muzzin Hall kind of, as far as blame goes, got uh, left off the hook because he turned the puck over, which allowed Montreal to keep it in. And then Muzzin turned it over. So I know it's only two games in, but I, I just can't emphasize how bad they, they are, that they're currently playing, I should say. And I consider myself a pretty even keel Leafs fan. And I'm not that guy to press the panic button, but I'm reaching for it because I'm going to make my statement after two games that might freak some people out and make some people upset or people may agree with. This D as it stands right now, we're still waiting for Lilligren to come back. But looking at this core D, for where I think most Leafs fans want to see this team go, which is make a run at the cup, it is not good enough. Period. Justin Hall cannot have an impact role on this team if we expect to make a run. Muzzin, I'm a little bit hesitant to give up on because he's dealt with the injuries. He's shown in the past he can be an effective player. But right now, as it stands, this Toronto Maple Leafs D is not good enough. And you guys can say, I'm freaking out. It's only a game or two in and, you know, give them time to whatever. No, these guys are vets and they look bad. High danger scoring chances against the Montreal Canadiens, seven to one, seven to one. That's pathetic. That's an embarrassing stat. Yeah. Brutal. Just terrible. It was seven to one in all situations and five to one at five on five. So oh any way you slice it up, it was brutal. When those two guys were on the ice together, the Montreal Canadiens had high quality scoring chances and they put some of those away. And what frustrated me so much was the goals that they scored off the rush because you go back not only to the playoff series where the Leafs choked away a 3-1 series lead, any of the regular season games that they've played against the Habs over the last like two to three years, Montreal scores almost all of their goals on the Leafs on the rush. Yep. And it was the same shit again. And Sheldon Keith was very heated after the game. He talked about that. He talked about how it was unacceptable, how they came out and how they played, especially after they looked pretty good in the preseason. After all the stuff that they've been through, all the heartbreak and all the adversity that they have been through over the past two to three years to come out like that on opening night was unacceptable. And Lapore, I agree with you right now about this decor. Listen, Riley and Brody, I think they're good players. I, I think they're playing pretty well over the first couple of games. I have no issue with them. Muzzin and Hall, you said it. Anytime the puck is on their stick in the defensive zone, you are just uncomfortable watching. 
Like you think that, you know, someone's going to muff a pass. It's going to bounce over one of their sticks. They just don't look comfortable at all back there. And then, you know, who else I have not been impressed with is Rasmus Sandin. Thank you, Bruno. This Thank guy you for saying is getting it. pushed off the puck. This oh guy's getting God. beat to the outside. And I don't know, maybe we chalk it up to he pretty much missed all of training camp. And the same thing with Jake Muzzin. He had the back issues to start training camp. Maybe we chalk it up to that. And we got to wait maybe two or three weeks until these guys find their groove. But I'm I'm done with the excuses here. Rasmus Sandin has not looked good. Terrible. Jake Muzzin and Hall have not looked good. And honestly, even to a certain extent, Giordano, that foot speed, man, is a little bit of a concern. I like Mark Giordano. He's done, he's done some good things over the first couple of games, but his foot speed concerns me right now, Lepore. Yeah, the thing is with Giordano, again, like for what he's getting paid in his role on the team, if Giordano's the th- on the third pairing, who cares? That's more That's than fair. enough. It's just, it's the Hall at Muzzin at the 3-4. You cannot have that. You absolutely cannot have that. And maybe it's okay for some teams, but right now, for the Toronto Maple Leafs with Stanley Cup aspirations, they need to figure it out. Like, I, I'll say, I want Justin Hall blasted into the sun. <laughs> Full-on blasted into the sun. Muzzin, man, like, again, like, like I, I like Muzzin. And I always say, like, he's a different type of player. That type of player doesn't really exist anymore, which sucks. So I'm rooting for him, and I hope it's just a matter of him still being a little bruised and battered from his injuries and not being at 100%, because I think he can be effective. But at that salary, no, you can't. And, and again, think of what a possible replacement could be at that salary. You could make this team way better. Way Well, between the two of them, what are they? They got to be like $8 million between the two of them? Close eight million. to it. I think it's a little under $8 million. Yeah, $8 million. Muzzin's at five-something. Hall is at two-something. Two-something, exactly. So think how much better you can make, to make this team. Muzzin, like, I, I hate to say it so soon. But are we just looking at an LTIR situation? Honestly, the way it's trending right now, when I saw that he was having back issues to start training camp, I go, here uh, we go again with Jake Muzzin. Yeah. And he just, he can't be playing like this. I mean, it, you said it. If the Leafs actually have legitimate aspirations to get to the Stanley Cup final, to win a couple of rounds in the playoffs, that second pair is just not going to cut it the way they're playing right now. They're going to get fucking eaten. Like that play that Muzzin made at the end of the, it cost the Leafs a point. He passed that puck right onto the stick of Nick Suzuki in the slot, slides it over to Josh Anderson, 18 seconds left on the clock after Nylander had just tied the game and Leafs nation was on an emotional high. The bench was feeling good when Nylander tied that game. Everyone was feeling great. Like the Leafs want to come back. They're going to win this in overtime. And then, for Muzzin to do that and just throw the game away was just unacceptable. So I, I'm not impressed at all with the way that the decor has played so far. Lapore, how about Matt Murray? Mm. What are your thoughts? Because he looked good in the preseason. No one was talking about the goaltending situation. We will get to Ilya Samsonov and what he did against the Capitals. But first, what were your thoughts on what we saw from Matt Murray on opening night? Okay, so with Murray's performance, from because the guy lets in four goals. Now, I'm not a goalie coach, and I never pretend to be a goalie coach, and I hate when people pretend to be goalie coaches and look at a certain goal and say, oh, the goalie should have had that. I feel I feel how, and again, things have changed because goalies have gotten so much better, but I feel like any time a shot beats a goalie clean, 
it's like, oh, it was a bad goal. It's like, well, no, sometimes it just picked a corner or it squeezed under an arm. Like even Samsonov, and again, I will say he probably should have had it. But that goalie let in last night where it squeezed through him, the guy was still like in a grade A scoring position. He's trying to tighten his body and it squeezes through. If the puck's two inches to the right, it probably doesn't go in, right? He probably had the angle right. As far as Murray goes, look at the goals. I thought for the most part, he didn't really have a chance on any of them except for Caulfield's second. And even then, it's like, it's a two-on-one. It's a scoring chance. You're feeling vulnerable. And that's not an excuse. He still got to stop it. But I'm saying that one, that one to me is the one. Like the other one, the other goals were either right in front of the net, like the Anderson goal, or the one was the other two-on-one Suzuki to Caulfield that he roofed it. Didn't really have a chance on that one. And the other one was the one where it was a screenshot, hit a body, and the shooter had the open net. So really, like, what are you going to do on those? And he made that great save on that wraparound. So I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I'm afraid for this guy's mental state. Sense fans who I'm friends with have told me about this guy and told me to worry that if he ever gets a little bit down on himself. And that's just more what I'm thinking. At the end of the day, it wasn't that bad of a performance, in my opinion, anyway. It wasn't pathetic by by, uh, any stretch of the imagination. But I just hope he's got the mental strength to say, okay, game one, let's go. And that's kind of why I'm a little shaken by it. Yeah, I think the goal that he would definitely like to have back was that second Caulfield goal, as you mentioned. That wrist shot from, I believe it was like 20 feet out, just beating clean it like hit the shelf. middle, hit the middle of the net almost. Yeah, like that he he's got to have that. Like the first Caulfield goal, I think that was just a great play on the two on one. Suzuki Caulfield roofs it. Just a great play by a guy who's probably going to score thirty to thirty five goals this season. Mm-hmm. And then that Monahan goal, I believe it bounced off someone's skate in front exactly. of the net and went right exactly. to Monahan. Like I mean, you can't really do much there, but yeah. you got to make. I just want to see a Leafs goalie make a save when it matters. And, and I think I think we saw that, and we'll get into this. I think we saw that from Samsonov in the second game. Like, there were moments where when Washington was really pressuring them late in that third period, and he made some big saves. I want to see that from Matt Murray as well. I'm not going to say he was terrible in the first game. I think he was okay. I think he needs to be better than that. I think he knows he needs to be better than that. But I don't think it was like an egregious goaltending performance at all yeah and he was kind of being he's kind of being criticized for the last goal too i'm like yeah maybe he was out of position but it went off the bar anyway yeah I'll say. and that was and on like, and, and that was on muzzin man yeah quick I'm turnover sorry, you're muzzin. off balance like what chances the goalie have i, I don't know I, I didn't like people blaming him for that one yeah and it's like you said i just hope mentally he can bounce back from this because I mean, I, I don't think I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but I would imagine that he's going to be starting against Ottawa on Saturday night against his former team. Keith said he hasn't decided yet. Oh God. Yeah. We're talking about mental strength. What would you do, Bruno? Murray's going in. You leave it up to him. What do you do? Oh man. I, I would play I would play Murray. I Let's would play Murray. I, I think you play Murray just like you put Samsonov in against Washington, his former team. You give Murray a chance to bounce back, even though Samsonov obviously had the better game. I think I think you go back to Matt Murray because you open the season with him as your starter, which indicates to all of us that you are expecting this guy to get the bulk of the starts, whether that's 50 starts, 47 starts, whatever it is. You have essentially told us that he's the 1A and Samsonov is the 1B. 
So yeah. I think you got to go back to Matt Murray. Yeah, I'm. I'll say it, man. For multiple, multiple reasons, I am scared shitless about the Saturday night game. Number one, I'm like you. I expect Murray to start. So just that narrative never a narrative like that never works out well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs are coming off a win. Now they're waiting for Ottawa. Ottawa's coming off a loss in which they just the puck wouldn't go in for them. So how I always say things even out, you know, of course they're going to even out against Toronto. And you mentioned how the Canadians seem to always score on us on the rush. That's the Achilles heel for the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're going to have the puck. They're going to have possession. What can kill Toronto is teams coming back the other way and the teams capable of coming back the other way with some talent and some shooters. And that's what the Ottawa Senators are. 100%. That team comes slingshotting back the other way with Kachuk, Stutzla, Batherson, Norris, and Giroux. Yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. Like you mentioned, Hall and Muzzin against any of those six. Oh, good night. I'm ner- I'm nervous for that game for a few reasons, man. I, I think it's written in the stars. It's going to be one of those shit show Toronto Ottawa games where it's like a seven five game, and I said the Leafs are going to lose an ugly one. Then here's the thing with Sheldon Keefe and the system that he has implemented over the last few seasons. It's a double edged sword because on one hand, I love how he activates the D. Like you know when you just see Morgan Riley flying into the zone, or Justin Hall all of a sudden is behind the other team's goal line, and it's like yeah. what what's going on here? Why why is TJ TJ Brody like literally ten feet from? the opponent's crease right now. But the Leafs love to do that. They love to be aggressive and activate their D. And as you said, Lapore, on the flip side, that results in odd man rushes coming the other way. And when you're playing guys like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and Drake Batherson and Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla and Josh Norris and all these guys and Debrinkit, that is not a recipe for success no. if you get caught. So... I that that's one thing that I would like to see the Leafs clean up. I, I I don't know. I don't want to say like they got to fire Keith and make a drastic change to the system, but it seems like that has been killing them, not only in the regular season but in the playoffs over the last few years. So I I, I got to see them clean that up. Lapore, anything else from this game before we move on to the next one? No, let's move on. Let's uh, blast that one into the sun and never speak of it again because it was bad. Yes, we will never, ever speak of that 4-3 loss ever again. It's time for a quick break to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetStamp. If you're a sports better, you absolutely need BetStamp. You have to go to the App Store and download it immediately because it is so great for line shopping. BetStamp allows you to line shop for the most valuable odds on each wager and therefore maximize your potential profit as a better. So if you're betting on the Toronto Maple Leafs, you can't just go to one sports book. You got to look across the board and see who's offering you the most value, whether that's on the money line or the puck line. And BetStamp puts that all together and makes it so easy for you. And also the importance of having multiple sports books. By having multiple sportsbook accounts, you're able to always access the best prices. And BetStamp, as I said, streamlines this process for all users. Lapore, I can't say enough about BetStamp. It's just the best. Guys, at the end of the day, betting is hard. We're all losers. We all lose way more than we win, let's be honest. So because betting is so hard, why would we not take advantage of every opportunity we could to do our very, very best when it comes to winning 
And that's exactly what Betstamp provides with its line shopping. Bruno went over it. They got the money lines, the spreads, all comparatively. It's awesome. Get on your phone, download the app, and take advantage. And not only does Betstamp connect you with all the major sports books, it also allows you to link your account so that your wagers from all sports books automatically sync. And to get you started, go download the app and use our referral code GFP. That's right. Our referral code is GFP. I will have it linked down in the description. Betstamp is the way to go if you're a sports better and you actually want to make some money betting on sports. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. Manscaped is here to make sure your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. So join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the code GFP20. Lapore, I say this all the time. These products are simply the best. They are simply the best, Anthony Bruno. For those listening, Canadian Thanksgiving is approaching and nobody likes anything more than a shiny, smooth, glistening turkey. So for that time of the year, why not celebrate? Bruno's already smiling. He knows what's coming with shiny, silky, smooth balls. Don't sell yourself short. Don't be a putz. Get Manscaped products and look your very best below the waistline. Lapore said it. And for that, you're going to want the Lawnmower 4.0. Mm-hmm. They got the body wash and shampoo, the boxers, the hair and nose trimmer. My goodness. I mean, this company is just awesome. And I'm not just saying that because we're a Manscaped podcast. I mean, their products are so good. And we use it all the time to look and feel our very best. So once Mm -hmm. again, go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the promo code GFP20. That's manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the promo code GFP20. All right. The Leafs bounce back the very next night, home opener against the Washington Capitals. The Rock was in the building. Yeah, why? (laughs) They must have paid him a shitload of money to show up. The Rock? That's big, big money. An appearance fee for The Rock to get on the mic, all that shit. Big cash. That is a busy guy. And Sheldon Keefe actually mentioned after the game that he knew The Rock was coming. The players didn't know, but Keefe knew. He Apparently, The Rock was supposed to talk to the Leafs in the dressing room before the game, but he had a commitment, like a last second commitment that got in the way, wasn't able to do that. Yeah. So that would have been pretty cool. But I mean, you just, you just can't lose on the night that the biggest star in entertainment shows up (laughs) your arena. You just can't lose. Even though the rock started a let's go Leafs chant, just completely oblivious to the fact that for (laughs) years upon years, it has been go Leafs go. The Rock comes in with all his confidence, looking jacked as hell, and starts a let's go Leafs chant. Brutal. So who knows? Maybe maybe the fact that the Leafs won and, you know, this team has been cursed for 50 plus years, maybe they're going to change it to let's go Leafs at some point. Maybe this is actually going to become a thing. I've always loved let's go Red Wings. I've always loved that. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe they need to change Lapore, but just a couple of notes from this game. Samsonov, I thought was really good. 24 yeah. saves on 26 shots. The Leafs outshoot the Capitals 39-26. And Austin Matthews, game-winning goal. So Lapore, 
thoughts on game two? Uh, well, first things first, like and we'll finish with the rock, like the challenge to me, how on earth did they find one of those Toronto Maple Leafs track jackets that could actually fit him? That's gotta yeah, be that, what, that's like, gotta be quad like XL. That's bigger than a triple XL. Oh my it, God. It, it's gotta be like a quad XL. And he's like exploding out of it. Can't even zipper it up. But uh, I thought it was a pretty good bounce back game for the Leafs. They kept things a little tight. Um, fucking Laviolette, though, eh? Just totally, like, trying to ruin the game, clogging up the neutral zone. And, and call me old school. Call me old school. And call me a Homer Lee fan at the moment. But to me, there's something more embarrassing than playing a style like that. Because like, in soccer, they'll say, like, the manager's a coward for, for playing this way. And I say the same thing about a hockey coach. You are admitting that the other team is better than you. Period. Yeah, we're going to slow things down and hope for a chance in a power play. Well, no, if you're good enough, you want to stand toe to toe. And this is a team with talent. Like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room. He's telling them to play a certain way. Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshie. These guys don't want to play like that. At least I wouldn't think Strom they would. and Mantha. Like, Fucking good, right. Good forwards, man. All like quality, like top six, top nine forwards. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, Again, getting on the Capitals topic, I thought like they looked bad. They lost the first night. They lose to the Leafs and maybe the system or the style they're playing. And I'm not saying Capitals fans should be pressing the panic button 100%. But I don't know, man. Like a lot of people were picking Washington to drop off based on what I've seen so far anyway. I wouldn't be surprised. As for the Leafs performance, Samsonov, like minus that one goal that squeaked through. Um, he looked pretty good. You mentioned he had a strong third period, making some big saves. Uh, Matthews with the the tip winner. And that was a weird one, eh? Like, from the goalie's perspective, I like hit him in the face and went in. Is he left off the hook because it got tipped? Or is that just brutal? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good tip. I mean, he barely got a piece of that shot Matthews did from uh, Mark Giordano. I think you just chalk it up to it was a good tip by Matthew slightly changed direction, but I mean, it wasn't a great goal. Definitely not. So yeah. I mean, Charlie Lindgren, like I know he had a good season last year, but this guy throughout his career has not been a very good goalie. Like coming into the game, I thought the Leafs, I didn't think they'd blow out Washington, but honestly throughout the course of the game and all the quality scoring chances the Leafs had, I honestly thought they should have scored like five goals against Washington. Yeah, Nylander scored that goal against Montreal, but it's almost like he's not getting what he's deserved. Yeah, 100%. He's been buzzing like crazy, man. So many quality scoring chances, and he's just not finishing them off. Yeah. I actually think Lepore, I think he's been the the Leafs' best player. I was going to say, I was going to say, a good friend of mine was at the home opener in Montreal, big Canadians fan, and he was like, next day text me, he's like, yeah, Nylander was your best player. Like, not not even close. He was everywhere. I was scared shitless every time he got the puck. I think I saw, it too, someone posted, like, one or two games in who's already leading in, like, above and below expected goals. And Nylander was, like, at the top of expected goals behind. Like, he deserves a goal or two more already than he scored based on his possession and the chances he's created. Uh, good start for Willie. I mean, that's pod. That's one big positive I think from the season so far. Yeah, Nylander's a guy who's led this team in scoring in the playoffs over the last two seasons. He always starts the season pretty good, from what mm-hmm. I can remember. He did the same thing last year. Even Tavares, man, fucking shout right. out to John Tavares. This guy Let's had an go. oblique injury. It looked like go. he was going to miss the first four or five games of the season. The dude's ready to go opening night. 
leads the team with three points already. He's looked pretty good. Fucking right. Shout yeah. out John Tavares. But Lepore, Little chemistry someone... with Mulgan. Yeah, Mulgan has looked solid on that line. So I, I really liked the way that that second line has played. But what has disappointed me is the play of the first line, especially at five on five. Marner, I think, has looked solid. Bunting, I know he scored against Montreal, but for the most part, I think he's been kind of invisible. Yeah. And Matthews has not done much, Lapore. Yeah. Like, he's just not... He's had his chances, but I, I need to see Matthews dominate the game more than he has. And I'm I'm not saying I'm worried. I mean, this guy just won the Hart Trophy. He just scored 60 goals. He's going to be fine, but not a great start to the season for Austin Matthews. Yeah, I was saying to someone after the game, and when you have a player like Matthews, who is like, he's physically gifted and he's uber talented. So even on his worst day, he's still a really good player. But I think if we were being completely honest with ourselves, the gap between his worst game and his best game is pretty fucking big. Like there's games he can absolutely take over, dominate. He's aggressive on the puck. It's, it's, he gets this like confidence when he gets the puck certain games where there's no stopping him coming to the zone. He's going to do whatever he wants. People, he's got those magic hands going and people are freaking out. And then there's other games where he's kind of quiet. Again, like you see little moments of brilliance because of his talent level, but I feel like the Montreal game, like he did not look good. And no, I find too, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, like these games where he doesn't play well, I find like he falls a lot. Like he's not just like falling over his feet, but like kind of reaching, kind of panicking, like that bunting turnover that led to the Caulfield goal. He fell. So it's that thing of like, maybe if he didn't fall, he could have put pressure on the puck going the other way. And I'm not blaming him for the goal, but I think people know the point I'm trying to make. I just, yeah. I mean, it's fair for us to expect more from him. The guy won the Hart Trophy and he scored 60 goals. That doesn't mean he's got to do that every year, but I would just like his, sounds funny. Here, here we are, spoiled Leafs fans. I'd like the Hart Trophy winner's worst game to be better than it is. <laughs> it's got to be a little closer to his best game. Not all the time, just a little better than, than his worst game. No, I, I completely agree with you. There there have been times over these first couple of games where he hasn't even received passes cleanly. Mm. Like pucks are just bouncing off his stick. And it's not just Matthews. There's other guys too where it's, just, it's been a little sloppy, especially offensively. I know the Leafs are getting their chances, but there's times where it seems like Matthews is going to just dart into the zone and maybe the Leafs have a an odd man rush opportunity and he just doesn't receive the pass cleanly, bounces off his stick. The zone time hasn't been as dominant as we would like to see with that that first line with Matthews and Marner just buzzing around. The power plays looked good. I know the power play hasn't really produced at a, at a great clip so far over these first couple of games, but it's looked good. Mm. But I want to see that same type of dominance, especially for Matthews and Marner at five on five. And these are two of the best five on five players in the world. Like, go back to literally, like, day one when those guys entered the league. They have been so good at five-on-five. Five. Last year, outside of that Calgary line of Gaudreau, Monahan, Gaudreau, Kachuk, and, and uh, Elias Lindholm, Matthews and Marner were, like, the two best five-on-five five players in the league. Yeah. Outside of that line. So, and, and I know they're going to be fine. They're both first-team all-stars. Like, they're elite players. But you would just think that, Starting a new season after all the shit that happened last year, all the shit that happened the year before that, go down the list. You would think these guys would come out and be ready to absolutely dominate. Kind of yeah. like we saw with Edmonton. 
in their first game. McDavid hat trick. Dreisaitl scored. Like, and I know going back to Matthews, like I know he doesn't have the foot speed of McKinnon or Connor McDavid, but we need to see him elevate his game. Like you said, Lapore, like when he has bad games, it's noticeable, man. It, it really is noticeable. Whereas like with Connor McDavid, let's say he, he gets one point or goes pointless. He's still buzzing all over the ice. He's the fastest guy on the ice. He's creating stuff with Matthews. Mm-hmm. It just, it gets quiet sometimes. And it's a little frustrating to watch as yeah. great as he is. You mentioned like the McDavid thing. Like a point I heard a coach make once is that when you're matching up players, deciding who to go with, he'll always go for speed because the guy with speed on his worst day, he's still fast. So like, at least you still have that, but yeah, they got to be better and they will. It's just something we've noticed from the first two games, but quickly back to Nylander. I was going to say it's not too often. There's like an under talked about storyline in Leafland because of the Matthews thing. Nylander can sign on July one as well. So, so if he, and he looks like he, well, he put on what, like eight, nine pounds he looks strong. He looks confident. He looks fantastic. He's trying to get paid, man. He's trying to get paid. And then again, back to that game, okay? Hockey. Could hockey not be any more fucking predictable? Like, Malgin gets that breakaway. Leafs are up two to one, right? Doesn't score. Then the turnover. I literally said out loud, put my hands up. Like, well, Montreal's going to score now. Bang, goal, of course, because hockey, right? I'm Just- almost stunned it didn't happen in the Capitals game either. Mm. like I, I just felt Lapore like in the third period, the Leafs had so many grade a chances to put the game away, to take a two goal lead. And everyone that they kept missing, I go, here comes a capitals goal. Here comes some stupid goal off the rush. Ovechkin's going to wrist one from 30 feet away. And it's going to find a way in. I was just waiting for it. And thank God Samsonov stood on his head and thank God the Leafs were able to hang on because I started thinking, man, the same shit is going to happen again in this Capitals game. They're going to tie it up. It's going to go to overtime. The Leafs are going to lose an OT. They're going to start the year winless, one point through two games, and Leafs Nation probably would have lost its damn mind. Yeah, full panic mode. There was one specifically, and I forget who blocked it. I think it may have been Justin Hall, ironically enough, after we, we've shot the great on him. Justin Hall. But... There was a feed to Ovechkin and he slapped the one timer and a Leaf player blocked it. And I remember Don Cherry saying once that as a coach, sometimes you know, like when a shot's blocked or something, that was a goal. That was a goal. And that's how I felt on that shot. That pass was going to him and my body just went, fuck, goal. And then poof, it hit a Leaf player. So it was close, man. It, it was close. But I thought the Leafs played well and quote unquote deserved to win. And uh, it's nice to get some luck, I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like the first game, honestly, I didn't even I didn't think they deserved to win. It's it's funny because the Leafs, I thought, honestly played like shit in the first game and almost won. And yeah. maybe that just shows you how good this team actually is. Like Matthews and Marner have not hit their stride. The defense core has looked shaky. Matt Murray did not look great in the first game, but yet the Leafs almost won that game. And yeah. if that went to overtime, they probably would have won the game. And then they bounce back with a pretty dominant effort in game two against Washington. Honestly, the score does not reflect how good the Leafs were. Like I, like I said, I think they should have scored five, maybe six goals. Call me crazy, but they had a lot of quality chances. Washington was kind of playing coward hockey. As you said, Lapore, like they just were kind of waiting for their opportunity, waiting to score on the power play. Weren't taking any chances. So it was nice to see them bounce back. And now they have the senators on Saturday night, a team, (laughs) 
that has always caused problems for the Leafs, kind of like the Habs. It's so That's weird because sense. the Leafs will, you know, go in, into go on the road and beat up like these Western Conference powerhouses, and then they play these inferior division divisional opponents and find a way to lose. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, it's funny how that works, eh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And like, <laughs> but I'm gonna pay them a compliment here. I will say about this team a feeling that I kind of developed over the course of last year that I, I don't, it's been a very long time before that, since I had this feeling about a Leafs team is that no matter what happens, they're not phased a couple of years back that opening night loss to Montreal. And you mentioned it, man, they almost won. Muzzin doesn't give that puck away. Let's say the Leafs even win in a shootout and the Leafs are sitting here. Oh, you know, they got out of there game one with a win and then they win their home. Oh, they're two and oh, we're riding high like margins. Right. And it, affects our opinions but one thing i will say about this team is that things don't phase them years back i would have been very very worried after that montreal loss this is going to get in their heads there's going to be a losing streak oh man the home crowd the next game i'm not i don't feel that way anymore i really think this team's able to block just block things out and move on i remember jason spezza touched on it last year how we thought like they had just had a great res- regular season in that regard. And I think at the end of the day, that's what a good regular season is. Don't get too high and don't get too low. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. And I made the point to someone the other day talking about like veteran teams and experience. I'm not going to say people forget, but I'm going to just remind people the Leafs beat Tampa in game one last year, five, nothing, five, nothing was Tampa phased. Not no. one bit, not one. And, and Leafs fans knew like, People get like, we weren't cocky, <laughs> like, even after winning the first game five, nothing, because we're like, number one, it'll be typical for us to lose game two. And number two, it's a Tampa Bay Lightning. They can lose one, nothing in quintuple overtime or lose 10 nothing. They move on. It, it doesn't make a difference. And that's the sign of a true veteran team. And I'm not saying the Leafs are the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I am seeing some growth and maturity in that regard. No, you nailed it, man. And listen, people will probably clap back at you and say, well, look at the the playoffs. They're so mentally soft in the playoffs. They can't get over the hump. They lose all these game sevens and the game five against Columbus. But I 100% agree with you, Lepore, specifically over the last two to three years in the regular season. Okay, I'm not talking about the playoffs. Specifically. (laughs) In the regular season, this team really has showed an ability to bounce back after bad things happen. I've seen it time and time again. And even after that loss to Montreal, I said to myself, I'm like, this team's going to bounce back against Washington. They're going to be fine in the home opener. They're going to come out great. They're going to play a good game. And they won. They outshot the Capitals 39-26, controlled the play, were the better team. And that's just what this team does. I mean, you don't put up 115 points in the regular season if you're not able to overcome bad games. And I tweeted this right after the Habs game and some people were making fun of me, whatever. But I said, remember last season, because everyone started panicking after they lose to the Habs last season in October, when things were not going well, the Leafs did not get off to a good start last season. They go into Pittsburgh. They play the Penguins without Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Jeff Carter, and Chris Letang, Mm. five of their top seven players, let's call it. And the Leafs lost seven, one, Yep. I remember that Saturday night like it was yesterday. They lost 7-1 Lepore. Yeah, everyone was thinking Keith was going to get fired, remember? Yeah, everyone thought yeah. that 
everyone was going to get fired. Keith, Dubis, maybe someone was going to get traded. Yeah, like, Nylander's like, getting traded. Yeah, It was close to a code red situation. But what did the Leafs do? They bounced back. They found their game. And they ended up finishing with a franchise record 115 points in the regular season. So yeah. I, I have no pro- issues with this team in the regular season at all. They're going to find a way to bounce back from any type of adversity. And obviously, the only thing that's going to matter is what they do in May and June. Yeah. Lepore, is there anything else that you want to get off your chest? Uh, it's, it's funny. There's only two games and you get a win and you get a loss, but I feel like already there's a lot of talking points. I mean, we have fears with our second pairing. The goaltending questions are still in the air. Matthews and Marner. I mean, not that they're playing poorly, but we expect more from them. I don't know. Like Keem, Keith seemed super pissed after that first game, and I like it. I mean, that might be just his play to the media. Who knows what he's saying in the locker room? But a win on Saturday would be good because again, I'm not expecting it. I'm saying that in all honesty. People saying, "Oh, like you're just saying that." No, 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 no. Like I know what the Senators team is capable of. It's always a shit show when they play Toronto, especially in Toronto. It's always this high scoring, ridiculous game. So bet the over, everyone. And if they can come out with a win, I think that would be even better for their confidence moving forward. But there's a lot, there's a lot already in Leafland, and we're two games in going one and one. No, you said it, man. I think this game against the Senators has like a back and forth, like five, four game written all over it. The Leafs probably win it in OT. Like it's 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 always one of those games when they play the Ottawa Senators. But I'll say it again. I am not worried about this team over the course of the regular season. Now, I, like we talked about, I'm a little bit concerned about the decor. And hopefully when Timothy Lilligren comes back in a few weeks, that'll sure some things up on the right side. And we probably won't see Muzzin and Hall playing every game. Same thing with Sandine. Like something's got to give there, right? Maybe someone's going to get traded. Because mm-hmm. can you imagine at this point, like Justin Hall just sitting in the press box for 60 games? Like, I know he did that when Babcock was around, but I, I just don't think that's going to fly, honestly. Like, I you think he's going to want out, and they're probably going to try and trade him. Or, yeah. or who knows? Maybe it's Sandine or Muzzin they try trading. Like, I mean, anything's in play. Yeah, I, I think with we touched on it earlier, I think Muzzin, with his salary, if they could trade him, they would trade him. If yeah. they could, like, semi-replace him and, and get that off the books, they would do it. I Hall, I mean, Hall could be traded as well but i'll ask you this bruno and this is a subjective question we're trying to wrap up but we're going to keep going a little bit longer and it's all opinion and you know what Leafs fans comment down below with your answer and why murray or samsonov who would you say you're rooting for in your in your brain in the ideal situation for you who do you want to see be the starting goalie and do very well i think murray is better than Samsonov. Like, I think over the course of the season, he is going to prove that he is better than Samsonov. And I'm just looking at, I I don't care that Murray won two Stanley Cups. I'm looking at even their recent history. Murray had a good year last year. Samsonov was not very good. Sub 900 save percentage, save percentage barely over 900 in his NHL career. I've seen seasons where Matt Murray has put up a 915 save percentage and above that. I've seen seasons where, He's been really, even last year, he had a better goal saved above expected than Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic combined. So 
I, I, I will say that I think he's better than Samsonov, and I am, I'm rooting for both of them, but I'm rooting more for Matt Murray to take this net. Mm. So Samsonov, like, first-round pedigree, still only, what, like, 25 years old? The whole Russian thing. You're looking past it, you're thinking Murray. I like, I like, I think, I think Samsonov, honestly, I think both of them are in a good situation to have good seasons because I think this is a good Leafs team. And I, I'm rooting for both of them, Lapore. But I, I think that come the end of the season, if we're like, if we're just going to look ahead to May right now, to April and May, and it's like who at the end of 82 games is going to have the better numbers, who's going to be the starter going into the playoffs, I think it's going to be Matt Murray. And but not I'm who you think. Okay, you're rooting for him. I was going to say, I know you think it's you're rooting for, so you're rooting for Murray. I don't know, man. Just the way I see it is, and, I, and of course, it's going to depend on how the season goes. Okay, round one, we finish in the 2-3 again. We get Tampa again. I like our chances better, right now anyway, with someone telling me Samsonov has a good season and he's green and he goes in there, kind of ignorance is bliss type thing, as opposed to Murray. It's just like, is, is Murray going to beat Vasilevsky? I'm kind of thinking that right now. Where <laughs> I don't Sam- think any of our goalies is going to beat Vasilevsky. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, are we going to win a series against Tampa with Murray? But with the Samsonov thing, it's like, I'm kind of rooting for him because it means it's kind of, it's like a surprise and an unknown. So it could, I'm giving it, I'm giving that a better shot. I know I'm grasping here, but in my mind, I'd love to see, this fucking Russian kid say, you know what? Screw everyone. I was a first round draft pick. I'm the real deal and take it over. And that's the thing. Samsonov has the pedigree, man. Like first round pick. And I know you could say Jack Campbell was a first round pick too. And it took him forever to Jonathan become a full time starter. And honestly, <laughs> he's not even a proven full time starter yet, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. Guys never played over 50 games. So, and he did not look great in Edmonton's opening night win. So mm. that remains to be seen, but yeah, Laporte, listen, I- I'm rooting for both goalies. I really am, but I just think talent wise, I think Murray is, is just slightly better than Samsonov. And I'm hoping that he's the guy at the end of the season. I think the Leafs are telling you they think and hope that he will be the guy at the end of the season, giving him that opening night start. Yeah. It would be a great story. I'll say that's, that that's the better story. The Leafs have an amazing season going run and Murray's the goalie, the whole thing with his dad being a Leaf fan, all that. So, yeah. But Hey, Hey, if Samsonov's going to play like he did against Washington and he's going to rip off, you know, a streak of 10 consecutive games where he's allowing two goals or less, three goals or less, like then you run with Samsonov. It's as simple as that, right? They're that- hoping that one of these guys does not embarrass themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially just play like average hockey. The thing the is, though, the, season. the thing is, though, too, right? Like, let's say it is Samsonov and he takes off. What's the whole take going to be? How the hell do we get rid of Murray? Oh, God. Like, I'm already seeing it, right? Like, why do we have a four point whatever million dollar backup? Right? Like, yeah. that'll be the take and who knows. But the book will be written. The book will be written this season on Maple Leafs goaltending. Let us know down in the comments who you think is going to be the Leafs starting goalie. Never mind at the end of the season. Even, like, a month in, who yeah. are you more confident in is going to be the 1A goalie for this hockey team? Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov? We would love to hear we your We should thoughts. keep like a power rankings, like a power ranking vote of like people throughout the season, how it's going to go. Oh, that would be awesome. All right. That is going to do it for episode 77 of the Gluns for Punishment podcast or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. 
Once again, if you're a new listener or if you've been listening for a long time and you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating and review on both Apple and Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you really enjoyed the content, we would appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. If you just smash the like button, comment down below, subscribe to the channel, and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno. Go Leafs, go. And we will see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone. Oh,